What's up, guys? This is Teacher's Take, first ever episode. I'm Donald Bailey, here with my good friend Elijah, or Eli. And um, so we're sports fanatics, and uh, got a text one day from Eli talking about uh, setting this up. And we're both passionate sports fans, all sports, doesn't matter what sport. Um, so we put our brains together, and he already had the idea, so we, uh, we just kind of put it together, and um, that's where he's going to chime in. Yep. So the whole purpose of this and the whole idea came about was because we're both teachers. Don teaches elementary school. I teach middle school. And like you said, we're both avid sports fanatics, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, it really doesn't matter. Uh, some of the different things we'll talk about on here, everything from fantasy sports to WVU football, basketball. Today's going to be kind of a special episode. We're going to talk about all the bowl games, and we're going to kind of predict them a little bit. And let's go. All right, guys. So this is going to be our lunchtime segment. In this time, we're going to be talking about fantasy football. Specifically, the league that we, we have is called the League of Washed Up Athletes. It's literally an entire league of guys that have were athletes at some point or gals at some point, and we all had to call it quits. So, Don, what do you think about our matchup? Because it's really kind of funny that when we started this, we ended up just having a good season. Now, all of a sudden, we're in the semifinals of the league, and we're matched up against each other. Well, um, coming, into the, coming into the beginning of the season, I was uh, questioning my team and whether or not I would actually be able to make the playoffs. So, fast forward 13 games later, and I won my division – and uh, first round of the playoffs, I won by a tie. It was 92-92, but I won from uh, the regular season wins. Mm-hmm. This week, Eli and I match up. It's a very close matchup. I believe it's going to be similar to my first round. Um, maybe a tie, I don't know. But um, it's going to be interesting to watch. We both have uh, a lot of talent on our teams. Um, See, I'm kind of looking at our matchup right now, and I'm thinking defensively, just looking at it, I've got the Vikings defense, you've got the Cowboys. I'm kind of scared of my matchup just because the fact that Miami was able to score on yeah, the, the on the Patriots mm-hmm. um, was kind of mind-blowing. And you got the Cowboys, who against Andrew Luck, that would be kind of lethal because it depends on what kind of luck's coming into Indy and playing. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as receivers go – Juju Smith, man, he's been putting up some huge numbers. Um, that's your flex. My flex, I'm running with Melvin Gordon. He really let me down from being injured last week. Uh, See, he's going to get a lot of touches against Kansas City, though. And with Juju, it depends on who he's matched up with. Because if he has uh, Stephon Gilmore on him, be tough. he's going to probably get very limited amount of points. Um, and Antonio Brown lining up opposite, you, you know, he's he's a threat every week. He could get 10, 15 targets, and that could steal Juju's targets. Yeah, see, I just got to hope that Ben Roethlisberger stares him down a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kenny Galladay, man, um, those Dolphins are hit or miss. <laughs> those Dolphins, I messed that one up. <laughs> those Lions are hit or miss. Yeah. Um, if Matt Stafford throws the ball around the yard, he has potential for 30 points. That's Galladay yeah. um, as my receiver. And then you got um, Stephon Diggs. That's, that's a tough matchup yeah. again. Um, See, he just got a new OC, and I, I just got to kind of hope that they kind of keep the offense the way it's been working mm-hmm. because where he gets me a lot of points is the catches. With us having this PPR league, 
It makes a big difference. I mean, he's getting me – he might only get 60 yards receiving. On but 10 if he, catches. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If he's getting it on 10 catches, and I mean, I'm getting 16 points out of him mm-hmm. almost every week. Um, roll on up. you got Amari Cooper. Wow. He, Breakout player of the year. Yes, and what's really sad is it took him getting traded from Oakland to finally learn who he was again. Oakland, does that hurt? Yeah, that stung quite a bit. It, it, uh, it, Oakland is your what? Favorite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's tough. Yeah, it, it took a lot. Yeah. I had it, it got so bad this year, Don, I had to change my name my name on my fantasy. <laughs> your fantasy dude, team. Like from dude where's my car to turn down for what? what? <laughs> like I had to. It, uh, old, it, the one that scares me for your team the most is just DeAndre Hopkins. Funny story, DeAndre Hopkins, I didn't even draft him. The, auto pick first yeah. pick auto pick deandre hopkins it, mr consistent all year long see that's what killed me is literally it felt like every guy i was about to draft in fantasy this year it either got nabbed up by you or my brother-in-law <laughs> it, it, either one of you guys stole them yeah it is no sooner than they pop in my head and he was one of them because yeah. i had him last year and he saved my hide multiple times. Man, and he's tough. They they got him a new contract, and they they finally have him a consistent quarterback down there. Uh, Tariq Cohen, my running back, if he gets the touches, man, he could put up 30 points. But if he doesn't get the touches, he may lay an egg, maybe even five, six points. Who knows? And I see – and then you come to my running back duo. McCaffrey has literally carried me all year. Out of the last four weeks, three of the weeks, he's got me at least 35 points. I'll say I didn't expect that from McCaffrey. I, I thought he would be nothing more than a scat back that you might line up in the slot. But this guy is running between the tackles. He's catching the ball. He's blocking. Mm-hmm. He's really impressed me. Yeah. Um, See, Fournette is a guy that's – he's kind of my wild card on my team. Mm-hmm. Every week I sit there and think, I drafted this guy before I drafted McCaffrey. <laughs> and I wanted him to go off. And there have been a couple weeks where he ha- when he's healthy, he's gone off for me. Or a couple weeks ago, he punches a guy and gets kicked <laughs> out of the game, and then he gets suspended yeah. last week. But um, he's going up against a Washington defense that just got absolutely demolished by Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. And I put Fournette up there in that same tier of running backs. See, he's like my I tier agree. one. Um, Washington has nothing left to play for. They no. don't. Uh, we'll go to my favorite team, Joe Mixon. You know, he has questionable character, uh, but that's neither here nor there. He's a solid running back, and with A.J. Green gone and with Driscoll as the quarterback, I think you give him the ball 30 times and you hope you don't get blown out. And see, that's kind of how I'm looking at our quarterback situation. Like, I see, I just can't figure this out. I've got Kirk Cousins who signs an $84 million deal and is supposed to be the savior of the Minnesota Vikings. And then we've got Jameis Winston for you against a really stingy Ravens defense. And really, it's just kind of whichever Kirk Cousins shows up because I love the guy. Like, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks, but he is so bipolar when he's uh, playing out there because some weeks he gets me 20, some weeks I'm lucky to get 10. Well, um, my backup to Winston was uh, Andy Dalton. Oh. So he's gone, right? So my backup now is Driscoll. Well, I just can't go with Driscoll in the playoffs. And not, not that Jameis is very much better because he's not. Um, as you saw, Fitzpatrick, really, I really think Fitzpatrick should have kept the starting role. Uh, if Winston puts up 15 points, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that he has an opportunity to put up points because they can turn Baltimore over. Uh, I think if you, make, if you get after 
Uh, their quarterback, young guy Jackson, he'll turn the ball over and it'll, they'll have favorable field position. And then I kind of look at our tight end matchup. Our tight end matchup's kind of up in the air because Eric Ebron, in the red zone, he's lethal. Yeah. But against that Dallas defense. Are they going to be in the red zone? Exactly. That that Dallas defense might make them go long and they, they're going to have to throw to T.Y. as opposed to Ebron. Yeah, yeah. Which could happen. Yeah, and then you got Jimmy Graham for you. He's just he's big and he he's lost a step. I think from his Saints era and the way he was used in C- Seattle, he's lost a step. But he still has a lot of potential. He does, and he's going to be on the field. Yeah, the thing that scare that I would be timid about is just him against the Bears. Yes, that that Bears defense is scary. Insane. And. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to have time because he's, he's, he's going to have to run away from Khalil the Mack only thing, all night. I mean, if he gets the ball, it's going to be he'll chip the edge and he'll get a short catch. Yeah. So, you know. And then, of course, we're going to pay homage to our favorite person from WVU, Pat McAfee. We're going to talk about, for the brand, the <laughs> Adam Vinatieri, the GOAT. Yes, exactly, man. I, see, I had to pick him just because I didn't want my wife to get him. Oh, yeah, because that's, that's her hometown. Oh, oh, yeah, man. She loves she loves her some Colts, so I had to steal him before she got him. Yeah, a little bit out of spite. Oh, yeah. But also production. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, he's got me a couple zero-point weeks. Yeah. but Not you know, his fault. Exactly. I mean, those were the weeks that Andrew Luck just did not have a good mm-hmm. performance. But it, crap happens. Yeah. Well, and I have... Um, Cody Parkey and the Bears' defense is solid. So they're going to have favorable field position. Mm -hmm. And if their quarterback can get them a first down or two, then he's going to be in field goal range all day. Yeah. And then, you know, we're just going to kind of look at it overall. Like, I don't care what ESPN predictions say because 90% of the time that thing is off. To me, I think we're going to end up having a super close game just because of the matchups that I've got and the matchups you got. Some of the unfavorable matchups for you will balance out with some of the favorable matchups. And anytime you got a receiver going up against Buffalo and the Jets, Mm -hmm. I like your chances of being successful. So the next time we do this podcast, I'm going to say, man, I should have started Driscoll, or can you believe that Jameis won won it for me? For me, that's it. If Jameis goose eggs, I'm going to lose. Yeah, And then if Driscoll puts up 15 to 18 points, I'm going to kick myself for it. Pretty much. And especially against that Oakland Raider defense. Now, I know they stopped Pittsburgh, but <laughs> I, I've, I just have a strange feeling that was a fluke. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll kind of take a look at the other semifinal matchup in our league, and that would be the Fighting Thunderbolts versus the West Rebels. Now, the West Rebels are ran by my buddy Dickie. He lives out in Tennessee, but we won't hold that against him. And then we got my buddy Kevin. He actually went to college with Don and me, and he's actually got a really good team. It kind of surprised me. He's got a matchup against Dickie, and we'll just start with the quarterbacks. He's got Phillip Rivers going up against Kansas City tonight. Man, the year that Phillip Rivers is having and the year that that team is having, you know, he doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't. To be honest with you, I thought the Chargers would get as many wins as Phillip Rivers had kids. Like I, I, I <laughs> that's that's average. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I thought they were going to be like that middle of the road, typical AFC West team, maybe slide into a wild card spot. But honestly, if the Chiefs fall, fall flat They're on their right face, there. like because right 
it's a typical Andy Reid Chiefs team. Oh yeah, start well, out the year with a bang, but fall. you had the uh, the scandal break with the domestic violence that puts a damper on the locker room. That yeah. brings a lot of negative media attention. It does, and now you got all these injuries, man. Yeah. Like look at Tyree Kill. He's got he's got some kind Playing of with a broke foot. Yeah, or and, a broken foot. Yeah. And what's really sad is against Baltimore, he still made a made killer play. One legged hopping out there. Yeah, <laughs> um, Deshaun Watson. Where was that guy the first three weeks of the season? I'm guessing he was still recovering or kind of from that ACL, ACL deal this year. Yeah. But, um, like, him against the Jets. The, I, Jets, the Jets are so bad. They are. They are. <laughs> but they, they've they always been able to get after the quarterback. They, they For have. some reason. it's um, Watson, tough. If he gets out of the pocket, you know, he can, he can put up some big numbers. And plus, if Watson does well, my guy does well. So True. I'm rooting for Watson to do well. See, I used to thrive on that whole Will Fuller deal because he used to steal touches, especially yeah. the deep yardage. But, you know, it hopefully he recovers. Yeah. Moving on to uh, Mark Ingram. I think Ingram is tricky because who's going to get the most touches? Yes. Is it him or Kamara? Who, who's it going to be? Who's the number one back there? And to be real with you, the last time we saw them on the field, they sucked. Yes. They, they were bad. Like Ingram struggled, Kamara mm-hmm. struggled. And then we look at this other running back for Kevin. He's got Doug Martin. You know, I feel like I'm talking like it's 2012. Right. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that guy was in the league. No. Yeah. I, I, for, and on a real note, whenever the Raiders signed him, I thought he was in retirement and they talked him out. Yeah. What's but, up with the Raiders and these old running backs? Hey, dude, I don't really know what. I think Gruden just has such like that throwback feel to him mm-hmm. that he's like, you know what? I'm going to treat this like it's 2009, 2012. I'm going to sign all these guys that were 99s and Madden back whenever we were in college. <laughs> we could have a whole podcast on John Gruden and what he's done to your franchise, man. Dude, he, uh, it, I'm kind of waiting and seeing. Like, if you're going to trade away so many killer guys, you better draft Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith. And, but uh, when's their new stadium opening? Uh, it's supposed to be in 2020 with us hosting the NFL draft because that just got announced today. So, the. Maybe I'm crazy or overthinking it. He's playing for 2020. I, 2018, 2019 does not matter to him. See, I think this year they're going to draft like crazy, mm-hmm. and they just got put in that new lawsuit with the city of Oakland. Oakland, yeah. So, I mean, we're just kind of waiting and seeing how that turns out. Mm-hmm. But well, if we look at uh, if we look at your man, West Rebels, Aaron Dickey, there he is. Um, he's got Chris Thompson and Nick Chubb. I tell you what, I am a Nick Chubb fan. To see what that guy went through and to see the production that he has now, I'm a fan. Chris Thompson, is he going to get the touches? Yeah. Is he getting the touches or is AP getting the touches? Who gets the touches there? Yeah. Same, same as the Mark Ingram ordeal. Who gets the touches? Yeah. See, like me with Thompson, if Thompson's not catching balls out of the backfield, he's about useless. Like The only reason Dickey has to play him is because Kareem Hunt is going through all that ordeal. Oh, yeah. And with Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb has been a steal. Him and Baker Mayfield have been on Dickey's bench all year, and he's just being a little <laughs> troll yep. and keeping him on his bench mm-hmm. so that he nobody else can have him. Right. And but they, now they came they came up, and, yeah, they, they could potentially put him in the next round of the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's amazing what happens whenever you have to fire Hugh Jackson. <laughs> and, and guess where he went. <laughs> exactly. And then we look at the receivers. I'm going to go ahead and start with Dickey's because I think he's got the best matchup here. He's got Adam Thielen. And he's got Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Calvin Ridley had a really crappy week last week, mm-hmm. but overall this year, when they've needed yards, he's they gone. they haven't gone to Julio in the red zone. They've mm-hmm. been going to Ridley for those. 
And Adam Thielen, I think that it goes without saying. That man has been an underrated guy his whole life. Absolutely. But this year, he's top two in every, the, every, every receiving yeah. category. Um, are we seeing uh, in Atlanta what we saw with uh, – who did Julio replace? Who was the receiver he replaced? Oh, uh, Roddy White. Roddy White. Are we seeing that happen with Calvin Ridley? I can, I can kind of see it. Is that right? happening? Because, yeah. you know, when, when Julio came along um, – what's his name again? Uh, Roddy White. Roddy White was top tier. And within a matter of two years, he fell off, and Julio was the face of the franchise. Uh, Calvin Ridley's tough. I think he'll he'll give solid production. Adam Thielen, just love the guy, man. Love his effort. Love love what he stands for, man. I love the guy. I think he's going to have a solid week. Uh, then when we bounce over to uh, Kevin's team, you're looking at Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a stud, just as well as Julio. I, I'm favoring his wide receivers. I don't care who they match up against. They have... It doesn't matter if they play the best or the worst defense. They have the opportunity to put up big numbers. Yeah, and I'm looking at Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas could have a make-or-break game for Kevin. He might be able to beat Dickey with this just with Michael Thomas alone because him against that Carolina secondary, that has been what has killed the Panthers all year. And in all seriousness, I watched the Panthers secondary get outran by Luke Keekley on a deep route. <laughs> the secondary. Yes. The secondary got beat tackling yeah. a receiver yeah. by a linebacker that was at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And when your secondary is given that crappy of an effort, you don't have a chance. Yeah. Move on to the tight end. Kevin Lynch's tight end, Austin Hooper. Um, he's questionable this week. Uh, you know, at, tight ends, if you don't have who uh, Aaron has, if you don't have Travis Kels, then tight end, you're lucky to get eight points. Yeah. So Austin Hooper, average game, say, probably five to eight points. I'm going Travis Kels each week has the potential to put up wide receiver numbers. Mm-hmm. It's almost not fair. We should almost make him play in a flex position. Yes. See, I'm kind of looking at some of these tight ends this year. Like, I think we talked about it earlier in the season. I think I was looking at trading with you or something. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at tight ends. There's really four tight ends this year that put up numbers and the rest of them are so touchdown dependent that it's you're almost scared to play them but you Honestly, have to <laughs> you have to yeah i mean play them or you know bench them um mm-hmm. or just get a goose egg and then you got dicky and his flex he stole one of the key tight ends of those four that i was talking about he has jared cook, cook yes literally jared cook is the only dependent receiver for Derek carr it's almost it's a ridiculous. safety net. Yeah, yeah, it is almost ridiculous. He is what Rob Gronkowski was three years ago for Brady. Yeah, uh, Tyler Boyd, my man in Cincinnati, he's making some noise. Uh, he's going to get the he's going to get targets with AJ out. He's going to get targets, but can they protect Driscoll? Can Driscoll make the right decisions? You know, can they protect the football? We'll see. Defensively, we've got Dickey starting Falcons defense and special teams against Arizona. And then we have Kevin starting the Bills, the Bills Mafia, against mm. Detroit. Mm. He, I think Detroit could light them up. I think so, too. I think if you're starting the Bills defense, you're in desperation Absolutely. mode. And, Kevin, if, you're, if you listen to this, I apologize, but you've got to be desperate to start them. Well, I go likewise with the Falcons. I mean, what, what has their defense done this year? Yeah, they haven't done jack squat, mm. but they're playing against the Cardinals. And that yeah. Rosen kid only throws the ball maybe 15 <laughs> times. And, yeah. and their offensive line doesn't get enough of a push to really yeah. run. So that Falcons game, it could end up being a low-scoring affair because you got Sarkeesian calling plays for the Falcons. He's an idiot. Yeah. And, and he, an alcoholic. No, I'm he, kidding. I'm kidding. He, Take that back. Don't mean it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the truth, though. Like, he, he, you kind of wonder where he's going with this. 
He's got one of the best receivers in football in Julio. Mm-hmm. He never throws. He he throws to him even if you throw jump yards. balls. Just throw him a jump ball. Yeah. Overthrow him, jump ball. Give him a chance. Because like I think Julio set a record. He's got fourteen hundred something receiving yards this year. Mm-hmm. But that's mostly because they've been so out of games. They've had to throw, throw it. it. Yeah. And Ridley's getting all the touchdowns. He's sniping touchdowns from Julio. I. Uh, you said something about the Rosen kid. I hate this. The the NFL is so geared toward win now. You draft a first round. He's got to play now. I understand the mindset, but man, you're destroying these kids' careers before they start. You have what? What do we have? Four we have rookies. Four rookie starting quarterbacks because that Jackson kid. Yes, in. and some of them are you know middle of the pack. But man, give these guys look one year. What did one year do for Patrick Mahomes? Exactly. What did What did the time do for Aaron Rodgers? You know, a little tangent I'm breaking out on, but um, if you give these quarterbacks time. Even if you have a, quote, bridge quarterback, right, give these guys time. Let them develop. It's a big – I don't care if you play in the SEC, the Pac-12, the MAC, the WAC, whatever conference you play in. It's a huge difference in tempo and game and the playbooks. Mm-hmm. You know, when you got Baker Mayfield with probably eight plays in college, but of those eight plays they have so many different variations, and you go to the NFL and you have a portfolio of plays. It's yeah. a big difference. And to expect those guys to come in and – do what some of these guys have been able to do, which is an anomaly. Like, you don't see it. Um, yeah, it just blows my mind. I think pay a bridge quarterback, let him take the hits, you know, a journeyman quarterback, put him in there. Let your young guy sit. See, that's kind of how I'm I'm feeling with that darn old kid mm-hmm. in, in New York. He, all year long, that guy's gotten the absolute crap beat out of him. And he had a huge debut against the oh, Lions. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, they were, he was the savior of the franchise. Yeah. And now look at him. People are saying he's a bum and he's a bust. And it's because we throw, like you what said. What did he walk into? Yeah, I mean, we're out here throwing these kids to the wolves. Mm-hmm. And they're out there getting their teeth knocked, knocked in. Knocked in. And, I mean, just last year, that guy was playing for Southern Cal. Right. I mean, he's playing against the Pac-12 yeah, defense. He's, he's going to the beach after practice, you know. I mean, and now he's gotten the Dominican Sioux ready to yeah. beat the crap out of him. Yeah, coming, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like that part of the NFL. Uh Back to this, though, if you check out their kickers, Mason Crosby, he's, he's old faithful, man. You know, he, he's, uh, he's solid. But Green Bay has not been the best team lately. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will definitely get them in field goal position. I uh, think he's got a chance to put up some points. Matt Bryan in Atlanta. Uh, that depends, just depends you know, on how I mean, their offense works. Yeah, if neither team has good defense, you know. Um, but, you know, if you're a kicker in the NFL, you can kick it from probably 55 pretty consistent. So. See, like for me, I'm sitting here looking at this, and I'm I'm trying to determine who has a good chance of winning. Really, for me, it's going to come down to who's going to get the most catches. If Kevin's receiving core of Thomas and Julio Jones and Tyler Boyd, if they play to their capabilities, and even Mark Ingram with New mm-hmm. Orleans and Drew Brees throwing the ball, if they play like they're capable, they'll get touches, they'll get catches, and they're going to get extra points for Kevin. Whereas over here with Dickey, We've got Chris Thompson, who they got Josh Johnson throwing the ball. We don't even know if he likes to throw to his check down or if he just, if he just keeps his head up. Yeah. We got Nick Chubb with Baker against Denver. I think he's got potential to actually get some touches on it. I'm going to say I'm going to say the game comes down to a couple of aspects: who gets more touches, Calvin Ridley or Julio? Calvin being with Aaron and Julio being with Kevin. Who gets the touches there? And then it's a matter of Chris Thompson and the touches and yards that he's able to gain, and Doug Martin. Mm-hmm. I think whoever wins, 
the those that running back matchup and that wide receiver matchup is going to win the game. Yeah, especially for Doug Martin. I mean, they're playing against Cincinnati. We just got to hope Burfick doesn't try and get another. <laughs> yeah, game. right. Hit that Montreal Man, Randy Savage, somebody. Right? I, I know. Bottom or something. <laughs> you know, with him, I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> Well, that's that's our fantasy predictions, especially for our league. Uh, we're going to kind of go into some sleeper picks for. Yeah, I what, think uh, we're probably. I think we said we were just going to touch on a couple. We were going to do quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers, but I feel like we're getting a little long winded, so we'll probably just hit on quarterbacks and running backs. Yeah, we'll go ahead and knock us out. You know, my first sleeper pick that I really agree with, Mister. Michael Fabiano from NFL.com. We're kind of basing this off of what he had. He had his stardom. My sleeper pick out of hit at all this, I'm going to kind of agree with it. It's got to be Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen against the Lions defense, if Josh Allen's able to get rushing yards like he's been able to, because mm-hmm. he's almost looked like Michael Vick from the old uh, Madden NFL mm-hmm. we used to play. He's out there running around like a chicken with his head cut off from that line, but he's able to get upfield and get yards. And he's so big and tall and bulky that he's able to just barrel through people. I agree. Um, he's got his sit him as uh, Matt Stafford. He wants to sit Matt Stafford. Now, are they playing this game in Buffalo? They're playing it in Buffalo. They're playing this game in Buffalo, which could give him problems. Um, but I'm not going to agree with Fabiano. I'm going to roll with not a sleeper. He's got him as a sit him. I'm saying, oh, I'm going to go with the sleeper. Matt Stafford is a sleeper playing in Buffalo. He's gonna. They're gonna put up twenty eight points. They're gonna win the game. He's gonna have a solid game. That's my sleeper. He's got him as a sit him. I got him as a sleeper. Play Matt Stafford. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. He's and Stafford's kind of one of those guys where sometimes he'll go off, sometimes he doesn't. You just gotta hope that he's one of those this week. Now, see, I'm sitting here looking at the running backs. My sleeper pick at running back. I want to lean so hard towards Marlon Mack against the Cowboys, like. He, Fabiano's got him as a sit him. Mac is one of those guys where if you can get him out in space, not between the tackles, because he is not a between-the-tackles runner. Right. I've, I've watched the Colts play in about five, six games this year. When they try and run in between the tackles, he's getting tackled instantly. But when he gets out in the open space, he's got that LSU running back style, man. He's out there, and he is gone. Um, <clears throat> he... Fabiano has a stardom. He's got a, he's got my man Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry surprised everyone last week with what was it, forty-seven points? It was some crazy number. Depending on what league you play, uh, he he scored a lot of points. Yeah. Um, I'm drawing a blank here. The guy that came over from the Patriots last year. They they share uh, touches. Oh, for which for the Patriots? The, no. Uh, oh, Dion Lewis. For Dion Lewis. Lewis. All right. Derrick Henry's a big back, but he also, like Fournette, has had injury issues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Deion Lewis as a sleeper pick. He's going to get the touches this week. I know Derrick Henry's coming off a crazy week, and you should probably start him. Um, or not probably, you should start him, but I think sleeper pick, Deion Lewis, he's going to get more touches, score more points this week. And now we're going to take it on to recess, kids. All right, welcome back to Recess, guys. We're about halfway through our podcast. Very first podcast. Shout out to Eli for pulling this together, man. It's, I'm having a really good time this evening. So, oh, same uh, here, man. We're going to cover, uh, during recess, we're going to cover um, 
Will Greer and Yadni Kajust. And um, we're going to talk a little West Virginia University basketball. Then uh, we're going to make a prediction of our bowl game versus Syracuse. So uh, I'm going to jump right in, man. Um, Will Greer, respect his decision, understand it, and support it. There is nothing that this bowl game, what's, what's the name of the bowl game? The camping bowl game. What is that going to do to better himself, to better our university? If we win the Camping World Bowl, what does that do, right? Is that going to help recruiting? Is that going to do anything to benefit our university or our football program? Yeah, I can wholeheartedly agree with that, man. Will Greer is one of the best quarterbacks to ever set foot on that campus. Absolutely. I would, I would almost put him up there with the major Harrises. Absolutely. And definitely the Pat Whites of the world. Did he win? Was he there for all four years? Did no. he win? Did he? Yeah. I mean, he won everything that we asked him to. He played his best football. He, just like Holgerson, embody our program. They give you what you want. They work hard. Will Greer has a child. He has a family. And this guy is still... In class, getting his degree, he's still going to practice, competing on the highest level. You know, that kid is what West Virginia football should be about or is about. And, you know, for these guys out there that are saying, oh, well, he gets a free education. What's up with that? A free education. Guys, I I didn't play major sport or major uh, university basketball, but I played at a small school along with Eli. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where our friendship began. Yep. When you're a student athlete, you're an athlete first, mm-hmm. okay? You're not there to do school. You're there to play sports. That's what you are there for. Yeah, they call it student athlete just because it sounds good, but you let's get it straight. You are an athlete first and then a student second, especially at some of these schools that are prone to winning. I mean, it, there are requirements. There, They say, the NCAA says there's a maximum hours of practice of 20 hours a week. I they're, call bull crap. Yeah, there, there, there's no max at 20 hours. That they put it on paper, but you practice as much as the coach wants to. Absolutely. And then you know that that practice time doesn't even include weight room. No, it don't include study, study hall. Study uh, hall. Oh man, it, it, it goes on and on, man. I mean, you you have your regular class, uh, your regular workload from your class, right? And so you go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. Either way, you're spending probably 12 to 15 hours a week. Mm-hmm. in class not counting the time you spend studying yeah you know now when you're a freshman and a sophomore the classes aren't as difficult depending on where you go and what you're studying yeah. but when you're a junior and a senior and you're in a program and you're really there to get your degree but athletics is the way to get your degree it's no joke the requirements of you is no joke if you miss any type of study hall anything anything sport related there are repercussions and I've lived those repercussions, and they are not fun. No. Um, I think we've all been there at some point in our athletic career where we made one stupid decision, yep. and then we end up getting punished for it. Absolutely. But, you know, just kind of hitting on this, like, what most people don't see, like, Will Greer is actually doing the program a huge favor. Oh, yeah. This he, young kid coming in? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he's sitting here. We're going to bench. The Greer's going to pull himself out of the game. He's giving this kid all this bowl week time. He. This is a mini camp. Yes. This is absolutely, this is spring football, doubled up. The reps, he's getting number one reps with guys that are going to be his receivers next year. Yeah, we have two or three guys that are moving on to the next level, but there are other guys that are going to be there next year that he's getting number one reps for. That's that's. can't replace it. And even that Kajust. Yadi Kajust, yes. I I mean, that left tackle, he's going to be. A millionaire Absolutely. within the next year. What he's an All American. He's a first team All American. What does he have to play for? <laughs> like, who? The two 
two positions that I believe have uh, the highest chance for injury. Mm-hmm. It's going to be your D-line and your O-line. Yep. you got 300-pound linemen rolling up on your legs, man. And you want them to play in the camping bowl? You said that, you know, well, he got a free education. What if Will Greer and Yanni could just, during that camping bowl, tear their ACL? Are yep. they first-round draft picks? No. Will Greer is borderline, right? But yep. are they first? No, they're not. That signing bonus that will set them up for life. Mm-hmm. That Now, that, that signing bonus, first-round signing bonus, I don't know the full numbers, a couple million, yeah. right? Guaranteed signing bonus. Yep. You want them to give up a couple million bucks to go play in a camping world bowl for nothing? Against Syracuse. Right. <laughs> now, now, I understand the aspect. The university is getting attention from that. They're getting money to play in the bowl game. But, you know, there's some uh, tidbits that have come out recently that a lot of these small programs can't even afford the bowls. Exactly. It's putting their programs in the negative. They're not even able to run their programs. I mean, because you got to think about all these, all these little programs. I mean, look at Troy and Buffalo. they got to go all the way to the Dollar General Bowl. I'm pretty sure that's in Detroit. Yeah. Both of them are having to drive, fly, whatever – to Detroit, and they're paying for hotels for all these kids. Yep. And that's a lot of kids. Yeah, I mean, even WVU, they're, they're at, and Syracuse, both of them are up here in the upper, upper eastern part of the United States. Yeah. And now they got to go all the way to Orlando. Florida. Oh, yeah, all the way to Florida. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, they got to pay for the travel, they got to pay for the hotels, yep. and they're footing the bill on all this. Yep. And it, it, most people don't understand they that. They don't. They, as fans, well, I think in life, you only see what you want to see, right? So uh, it, whatever your opinion is or whatever your outlook is, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll say whatever you want or whatever you can to try to get people to see your opinion and try to change their mind. Well, the fact of the matter is you can't change their mind. Um, just as well as I'm sitting here preaching to you guys, I'm not going to change your minds. Um, and I think, I think something that hits home with a lot of WVU fans like, we don't have a pro sports team here. We got yeah, we got we have minor league baseball out the wazoo in this. Oh, state. it's everywhere. Man. But but it's not major professional sports, and that's the problem. Is they want to treat Big Twelve football, Big Twelve basketball like a professional sport, and what they don't understand, man, these kids are college kids. They ain't. You know, they're not professional athletes. When I think about this, rewind 10, 11 years ago, seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you were a top 300 recruit in any sport. Yeah. You're on that ESPN list. You're getting letters from everyone, man. Mm-hmm. You get a letter from the school from West Virginia University. You're not you're not from West Virginia. Say you're from Georgia or you're from Kentucky or yeah. Minnesota, wherever you're from. You get a letter from West Virginia University. And you get a letter from Southern California or Oklahoma or Florida. Where are you going to go, man? Exactly. Good kids don't want to come to our program. Now, we have developed kids, and uh, the coach recruits great players. But we're not going to get these top recruits, man. We never will. It's West Virginia. You know, we're the redheaded stepchild of the United States. Yep. And Especially when it comes to the Big 12, man. you got Oklahoma and Texas recruiting those hotbed areas. Cause, oh, I mean, yeah. They're Oklahoma. They're Texas. It, Texas, Florida, and California. Man, if, if Cal... Or USC or Texas and Florida, if they just they don't have to go out of state to recruit. Nope. We have no in-state recruits. Exactly. And, like in, in the in-state recruits we have have just been blessed with God-given talent. Absolutely. Like there's one the kid, scat kid, the little uh, slot receiver played in Dallas, and where'd he go now? Uh, Tavon Austin. The, well, no, Tavon's in Dallas now. Mm-hmm. He came from the Rams, but Switzer oh, went he, from the Cowboys to the Steelers. Yeah, well, he he went to the Raiders for like two weeks, Yeah, and, and then, then they traded him for a draft pick and Martavis Bryant, I think. Yeah. We, we saw how that turned out. Um, well, I'm going I'm to switch gears here on you, man. Um, 
basketball. West Virginia University basketball. See, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think people had their expectations too, too high. Too high. Um, w- can, you, can you underestimate? How do you underestimate Javon Carter and Daxter Moraz? Well, Javon Carter, in all seriousness, he spoiled so many WVU fans because he was the epitome of a WVU guard. Absolutely. They love the guy, the intensity, the effort every night. No off days. No. I mean, that guy would go out there, play an entire basketball game, maybe sit for a minute because Huggins didn't want him off the court. And and I don't blame him. Like, I don't really blame him. Have you got a guard that good? Now that guy's getting paid to play. He signed a a guaranteed contract for a couple of years there with the Grizzlies. I keep up with him on um, the D-League. He's... He uh, he's doing really well in the D League, but um yeah man he plays for that Memphis Hustle yeah and, and I'm I watched a couple games online man he's twenty five and five is what he's averaging yeah I mean and thing is man he still plays defense like he oh, did yeah. in Morgantown oh yeah he still does um I think with this team we cannot be press Virginia we don't have we don't have the lateral quickness or the mobility no. do we have the size absolutely do we have the size every year yes but we don't have multiple guards that we can put on the floor that has lateral quickness and can create shots. Beetle Bolden is a two guard and a point guard body. Yes. He's a five six point guard that plays a shooting guard. Yeah. He's and, that he's that guy that you make on two K whenever you just want to absolutely blow people's yes. minds. And I don't understand what's going on with this young kid, uh, McHugh. Am I saying it? McCabe. 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 Uh, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if he's in the doghouse or if Huggins just feels that he's not ready to play. Um, See, if this season continues to trend where it's trending, McCabe has to play. If it's a down year, let the kid play. See, for me, McCabe reminds me of that McClung kid that got so viral. He's got that playing ability. Yeah. He's, got, he's got the prolific scoring ability. I don't think he has the dunking ability. He doesn't have the athletic ability. No. But I think he can use his IQ to play. Yes. And I think maybe given another year, he might be able to run. We might be able to run the press in another year. But right now. We don't have it. We don't, we don't, we don't have the personnel. No. Nope. Like the, the personnel grouping is built for a half court set. Mm-hmm. Pick him, if you want to pick him up at half court with Kanata out there, he can cover so much ground. I think we're more fit for. A three-quarters court press, yeah. maybe a one-two-two, two, maybe even a, a half-court one-three-one, bring back John Beeline. Yeah. Um, maybe a one-three-one trap, we could do that. To flat out 94 feet, 40 minutes, we, don't, we can't do it this year. No. And I think we need to take a step back with our expectations. We are not a top 25 team. Right now, we're not. Now, is that to say at the end of the year we won't be? I don't know. I have a feeling that we're going to be on the bubble. We're going to have 18 to 20 wins. Yep. Now, depending on the conference, 18 to 20 wins may get us in the tournament. Yeah. See, my, my big takeaway from the beginning of this year, people were up in arms that they got beat by Buffalo in overtime at home. And weren't you at that game? No, I was at the, uh, the scrimmage that they had um, against Penn State. That's what it was. Yeah. And They lost that game against Penn State by a tip-in. Yeah. Close game. And with that Buffalo game – Buffalo's a nationally ranked program right, right now. now. And they have that guard. Can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. That dude is a pro. Now, when I say pro, that doesn't necessarily mean NBA pro, right? He could be D-League or overseas. Yeah. But that kid is going to get paid to play basketball. Yes. 
Like after watching him, he had such an amazing scoring ability. He had a knack on offense. I've I've honestly haven't seen that in a while. We couldn't put anyone on him. He our guards were too small and our bigs were too slow. Yeah, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say this about Kanade. I'm glad he came back. I love Sogba. Mm-hmm. I love watching that mm-hmm. man play. I love the heart and intensity, man. Yeah, and the big thing with him on defense this year, mm-hmm. the, they're hyping up the blocks, hyping yeah. up the blocks. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe that's not overshadowing everybody else. And maybe yeah. if that's not like – I don't want to say it's like getting in their heads, yeah. but I'm wondering if it's not like taking away from well, what they're doing. I'll tell you this. Being a, a former guard, when I had a shot blocker behind me, I played more aggressive on the ball because I knew if I got beat, I had a shot blocker to contest. Yes. Now, did it always work out? No. But our guards just flat out can't play defense. Yeah. Now, I'll say about Sags, last game was the best game he's had all year. That's the Sags we need. We need that guy. We don't need this guy out here pump faking, shooting contested threes. No. If they're not going to guard you, then shoot it. Yeah. But if they're guarding you, don't pump fake and force it. Right? Don't do that. Play D, run the floor, rebound. If the shot's there, take it. Mid-range game, shoot it all day. The three, shoot it when it's there, when you're wide open. Yeah. Make the defense honest. See, I, I kind of feel like with, with Sagba, if they're going to not contest, sort of like what you're saying, like I feel like it's almost like a Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Remember when he was at Kansas? Mm-hmm. They would put him out in the corner because it was, of course, the shortest three on the yeah, court. Yeah, the shortest three. I mean, they're going to put him out in that corner. If he wants to take corner threes, I'm cool with it. Yeah. But there is no reason that man should be, A, at the wing ever on offense. Right. If he's at the top of the key with the offense, that's fine. Yeah. But to catch the ball on the wing, what mm-hmm. the hell is he doing out there? Exactly. Like, that man has no business out there. He is too big of a body to be out at the wing. He needs to be in a corner. Or like you said, if the offense brings him to the top of the key and nobody's guarding you, Pull it. And that's part part of our offense is we run a lot of uh, high-low action and a lot of screens off of that middle of the floor. But, um, you know, he's got to be able to shoot the three. But just stop forcing it, man, and make the defense honest. Yeah. Um, So this bowl game we got coming up, man, this – What's the name of it again? Camping, Camping World, World Bowl. Bowl. I don't know why I can't remember that, man. Well, uh, it's because it's a bowl that nobody really gives a crap Nobody about. cares about. Ah, uh, right. Um, Syracuse, I like their young coach. Yeah. Solid coach. Uh, can, when you start talking about the seasons, and if you look at the conference as a whole, you and I talked about it earlier, mm-hmm. the conference as a whole hasn't been very good. No. I think a couple of these teams – and I'll include Syracuse in that, have benefited from the conference being down. Yeah. Um, so what, they had eight wins this year? I think they ended up nine and three. Was it nine? Oh, it's eight. Were they eight and three? And I think they were, and three. they were either nine. Yes, and they're nine and three. With the win, they get ten wins. Yeah. Um, are uh, they a true nine and three team? Well, I mean, per, per year, yes. But did they benefit from the conference being down? I think yes. More so than anything, yes. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think the ACC has been the most overhyped conference mm-hmm. all year long. Mm-hmm. People, It's sort of like Florida State. People wanted to hype them up at the beginning of the year. They're not even going bowling. No, man. They're uh, – Virginia, Virginia You know, Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher knew something was up. Yeah. He left. He left town. Now, that offensive line down in Florida State, where'd they go, man? Exactly. I mean, where'd they go? I feel that those quarterback, both quarterbacks they have, mm-hmm. solid. Mm-hmm. If they'll they'll probably never hear this podcast. If you hear it, transfer now, please. Yes. Transfer. Your O line is not there. Your program is down. Will they come back potentially? But you know, you're in, you're you're only a college athlete once well, in a while. Man, here, so. Here's my thing: as long as Willie Taggart's there, 
they're they're going to be this team. He is mm-hmm. he is the Not if, he is the epitome of an offensive coordinator. That man can run an offense. He cannot coach both sides both of the sides. ball. Oh, well, actually, I'll say um, all three phases <laughs> of the ball. You know, um, there was a time where I had the same feelings for Holgerson. Yeah. Um, post uh, post Orange Bowl, seventy seven points. Mm-hmm. I really thought, man, is this guy a head coach? Mm-hmm. Uh, can anyone turn the program around? Yes. But you know, the great coaches. You know what the great coaches do? What they mastermind, right? Yes. What's the they delegate? Right? Yeah. They uh, delegate. And I absolutely people can say what they want about Gibson. Yeah. That man, that man has him. done phenomenal things for the defense. He's he learned how to coach defense in the Big Twelve. What what we have to understand too, the Big Twelve is air raid. Yes. Right? That's spread offense. You can't put traditional linebackers out there and expect them to go line up in the slot and guard a guy that runs a five four forty. Yep. Or a four four forty. Yeah, you know uh, that's not happening. He's going to get burnt all day for a touchdown. Exactly. So you put you put your best players on the field. That three three five, it may be a gimmick. You know the spread offense is a gimmick. The thing is, where, whatever you play, whatever your system is, the best coaches have their players play whatever system it is. It's not about the system. It's about the talent. Yes. So if your talent is good for this system, that's what you run. We run the three three five because we can't get those Alabama running backs. Mm-hmm. We can't get Oklahoma's running backs or USC's. We can't get that. We run the three three five because we play to our strengths. Yeah. Our strength our strengths, quickness and tackling ability, right? Yeah. So if this year, if we wrap up, we're at we're we have a we had an opportunity every time to make a play on the ball. Yep. When it counted. We didn't always make tackles, but we're there. Yeah. Our quickness is there. So do we Power run game, can't stop it. Not at all, right? But that spread offense, we can play tough just as good as any other team. Yeah, and, you know, a, a lot of the big takeaways from a lot of the fans was the Oklahoma game. Like, they uh, they wanted to absolutely jump the defense's crap for that game. And I'm not going to lie to you, when I watched the game, it was frustrating. But I wasn't frustrated with the defense. I was more frustrated with the fact that the offense went on the field. And it wasn't Greer's fault. He was doing what he had done all year long. He was trying to make a play. Oh, yeah. And he went out there and he had yeah. two huge turnovers that turned into points for OU. Mm-hmm. And if they can limit, I don't want to call it stupidity. Because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't stupidity. It was over-aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. And Holgerson loves over-aggressiveness because that's how he is. Yeah, let's go win the game. Yeah. Texas, two-point conversion. It, let's go win the game. Yeah, and we're, we're going to bleep out what he really said <laughs> on the sideline there. But he, you know, that's just what Holger, Holgerson does, man. He he wants a quarterback like Will Gray. He wants that guy that's going to go out there and give it his best shot, be over-aggressive. Mm-hmm. And on defense, he he loves what Gibson's done. I mean, what's Gibson calling? The dogs? Like, yeah. I mean, it's because that's what they are. I mean, you got you got David Long out there. That mentality, man. Yeah. I mean, David Long and could easily in the NFL in today's game. He could, when we put him in the NFL in another year, because I don't think he's going to go this year. Pray to God he does. I think he does. I I hope he doesn't. I I, I want I want to see um, him back in a uniform. He is going to be that every down back. He is he is the future of football. I don't know that a, I'm seeing a transition. Maybe maybe I'm making a little too much of a prediction. This big, this big twelve or the Pac twelve, whoever you want to say, started this spread offense. Mm-hmm. It's in the NFL. Yeah. It is in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Look at you, Baker Mayfield. Absolutely. Cam Newton. Absolutely. And the game, the the game of the year, the uh, Monday night, the Chiefs Ram, and the Rams. Chiefs. <laughs> that was spread offense, zero defense. Now I give the NFL credit. The last few weeks, the defense has stepped up. Yes. The players are different. Mm-hmm. They play spread from. Six years old 
to 22 years old going into the NFL draft. Yep. The players are different. Well, and I, and I think a lot of that kind of goes with how football's adapted. The safety aspect. Yeah, and even for me, I was a lineman in high school. Mm-hmm. I, I started there for four years. I never got invited to go play seven-on-seven because seven I was too fat. Too I was too slow. Linemen don't do seven on seven. These receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks, man, they're doing seven on seven almost year round. Oh yeah, flag football, yeah, Uh-oh. nonstop. I mean, it, if it's I ridiculous. had a kid, if I had a kid, he would not put. He may never put pads on, but he definitely wouldn't put pads on until high school. Uh, yeah, see me, I because of my lineman aspect, I'm cool with him putting pads on whenever I luckily have kids. Yeah, I'm gonna let them play if they want to play line. I'm gonna let them, but I'm not letting them play line until they're in middle school at least. Because yeah. yeah. middle school, that's when you learn your technique. That's when mm-hmm. you learn that. This this everybody playing at Pee Wee and Smurf and then these people hyping up this youth league stuff like I just can't I even deal with it. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and say the give our prediction for the game. Like looking at it from my point of view, I think WVU even without Kajest, Greer, Greer and Greer Greer like those two being out of the game, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. Syracuse is so overhyped, even them nine and three. I'm going to go ahead and say WVU gets at least 30 points. I'll say 31 WVU, and I'll say Syracuse will be lucky and get 14. All right, I'm going to go with – it can go two ways, all right? Of course, my heart says WVU 35, Syracuse 21. But my gut says Syracuse 31, WVU 21. So, those are the two ways it can go. My heart says WVU with the win. My gut says Syracuse with the win. And now it's on to the final bell. And welcome back to the final bell. In this session, we're going to be talking about our bowl games, which ones we like, which ones we don't. We're going to even give you guys a little bit of pick 'em action for the bowls that we actually deem watchable. Uh, and just kind of leading into this, we're just going to give our little takes on it. And So we're not going to pick each game. Uh, we have a few that are must-watch and a few that are snoozers. Um, the games that we felt like needed picked are the ones that we picked. So uh, Eli's going to lead the way. All right, the very first bowl that we actually thought was pickable, the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. We got Louisiana Lafayette versus Tulane. The only reason I actually want to pick this is because the Raging Cajuns, they are, they're actually fun to watch. And, I, and that's who I'm actually going to lean with in this game. Just for the basic fact, those guys play defense. They didn't play defense against App State in the Sun Belt Conference game, mm-hmm. but 95% of the season, they, they did. Uh, you know what? I'm going to lean with you, too. I like, um, I like some spicy Cajun down there with that, man. I'm going to go to Louisiana as well. Yeah. And then we got the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Ooh, we disagreed on this one, I believe. Yeah, this is the one that we were talking about in production meeting. Uh, we got Fresno State versus Arizona State. I'm leaning with Fresno State just because I love watching those guys on offense, and I love watching them on defense. They actually make watching West Coast football fun. Fun. I tell you what, man, um, if Herm Edwards can't motivate you, then I, you don't have a heart. <laughs> so I'm going Arizona State. All right, man, I, I can lean with that. Um, next bowl, we're looking at Appalachian State and Middle Tennessee. And I think that's in the New Orleans Bowl. New Orleans Bowl. Yep, that's right. The R plus L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Uh, I'm leading App State, man. You know, um, one of the guys uh, from my high school wrestled down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that they have 
they are what every small program wants. Yep. You know, they want to make their way up to the big time football and 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 be successful. And you know, just I've always been an App State fan ever since they beat Michigan in the oh, Big yeah. House. So it's really even against Middle Tennessee, I've got to lean with App State. They they're just they have that history. They've got that reputation. They won their conference. Yeah. I, and I don't know if Middle Tennessee did, but App State, I think, is going to be the better football program. Yeah, moving into the uh, the Cherry Bundy Tart, Cherry Boca Raton Bowl. Well, I tell you, Boca Raton or Boca Raton, however you want to pronounce it, tomato, tomato. <laughs> uh, I watch videos, and it's a beautiful area down there. Never been, but I know it's beautiful weather. I uh, don't know a lot about Northern Illinois or UAB. The only thing I do know is UAB's program shut down. Yeah. No funding. Fast forward a few years. And here they are in a bowl game. Yeah, and you know, I gotta kinda lean with you on that. I'm going UAB. It's hard to root against a group of guys that are finally getting to come back together and play football, mm-hmm. especially after losing your program like Absolutely. That. And now I've got the Frisco Bowl. I've got Ohio with the probably one of the most athletic quarterbacks I've seen all year. Can't remember for the life of me the guy's name, but I've watched him play in a few games this year. Guy can play. Mm-hmm. And he's going up against the San Diego State team that has Rashawn Penny last year, running back for the Seahawks now. Absolute stud. And the guy that's backing him up is actually a darn good running, running back. back yeah. And I think I'm going to have to lean with Ohio mm-hmm. just because of that quarterback, but I think it's going to be a super tight ball game. You know, um, I like I like your pick. I'm going to go San Diego State. I'm going to go tempo ball control. Yeah. And then we got the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. This is Ooh. this is one of those where we we almost have to pick it just because there's yeah. a team from the state. Yeah. And it's Marshall versus South Florida. And I'm probably not going to get a whole lot of friends out of this. I might even lose a couple of y'all just because you guys are thundering turd lovers. But I'm gonna ah. go. I'm gonna go with South Florida with the Charlie Strong effect. I've got to pick him. Man, Charlie Strong. I love the guy at Louisville. Texas did him dirty. Um, Marshall. Uh, what's his name? Um, what coach's name? Doc, uh, Holliday. Doc Holliday. Doc Holliday. He's a solid coach. I give give him credit. They made a bowl game. That's tough, man. I'm gonna flip a coin. No, I'm not. I'm gonna go Charlie Strong. Have you seen that dude? That dude's got. He could be a bodybuilder. Yeah, he's stout, man. And, that, and honestly, who after, wouldn't want to play for that guy? And honestly, after watching Marshall play Virginia Tech, it was kind of oh, sad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, now we we move on to the uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, interesting bowl. Uh, we debated on picking this or not. Um, my my take on this is Ed Oliver chose not to play. I don't I don't I don't blame him, but um he's not played a lot throughout this year. He's been a little banged up. He's had some sideline issues with the coach. I think there's some turmoil in in the program. I think there's some turmoil there. See, my take on this, I I agree with the Ed Oliver deal, but honestly, I think he kind of put his, himself over the team because mm-hmm. I Will Greer. We were talking about WVU. He played the season. Yeah, he played the season. Yeah. But Ed Oliver missed quite a bit of yeah. games, and now he's missing the bowl game. And quite honestly, Army and the Armed Forces Bowl. You got to root. They have to win. Yeah. And you have to root for them. You do. Like, I mean, and they won like nine, ten ball games this year just coming off that Navy win. They Then they actually run a triple option, but they throw it. Yes. So they, they, they have the ability. So Houston, Houston's got to play smart defense, but I'm leaning with Army. So um, I was talking to a financial advisor one time. He said, hey, man, um, you want to make a few thousand dollars? He said, buy Dollar General Family Dollar stock in October mm-hmm. because it skyrockets in, in November and December. <laughs> Sell it off at the end of December, 
and you'll make a little bit of change. Now, you're not going to make a lot of money, but Toys for Tots, or if you know you have a niece or a nephew, where do you go to buy them a toy? Usually Dollar General. Dollar General, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just a little tidbit there. So, um, moving on to this, Troy and Buffalo, we have my fighting DeMarcus Wares. <laughs> and then you got my fighting Khalil Max. You just can't go wrong with the Mac attack here. I got to go with the Troy. I got to go. Um, Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Um, it's an interesting game. Uh, you know, as Eli said uh, earlier, Boise State lost in the conference final. Um, Boston College is tough. They run the ball. They play defense. It's hard nose. They could, they could be in the SEC now. Would they do well? I, I don't know. But they have that style and that brand of play. Yeah, and you know, I was kind of torn on this just for the basic fact that Boston College plays the kind of football I love. In Boise State, they've got defending athleticism at the wazoo. That Van Der Esch guy that plays for the Cowboys came from there. Mm-hmm. They've had a pretty reputable defense for years and years. But with Boston College, they just run the ball too well. And that running back of theirs, man, he, he's a game changer. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to lean with Boston College. You going this. Boston College? I'm gonna have hey to. man, I'm going I'm I'm going with the blue and the orange, man. Um, something about those uniforms and that home field. I know they're not playing home field, but I love what I love that. Um, yeah, I'm going with Boise State. Can't go wrong with a little Smurf turf in your mm-hmm. life. Uh, and then we got the Walk Ons Independence Bowl. You know that's a very fitting name for this because I feel like Duke and Tem- Temple. On. That's about all they can get. Wait. The- Duke has a football program? I know. It's kind of surprising. You know, Steve Spurrier actually got his coaching start there. Did he get it there? Yeah, you know, oh. not, many, not many people know that. He, uh, he got his coaching start there. But, you know, I don't know if, you know, Ratcliffe is going to be able to rally the troops in this game against mm-hmm. a tough Temple team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got the chance to see that YouTube video or that coach. That coach actually got in front of a podium for Shreveport, Louisiana, and was given a speech on his football team and why they – are so excited to be there, and it, it was almost like watching a w, yeah, it was like watching a WWE yeah. guy speak out there. So I'm gonna have to lean with Temple on this. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Duke just cause. Yeah. Uh, New Era Pinstripe Bowl. I do not like this bowl. Uh, the last time WVU played Syracuse was in this bowl in New York in freezing, snowing weather. Yeah, um, that, that was not one of Geno's prouder moments. Right, and I'm gonna say. If uh, weather permitting, Wisconsin has the upper hand if it comes down to that. Of course, anyone from the south, Miami, it's beautiful down there. Uh, Eli and I were talking earlier in our production meeting. Wisconsin and Miami, they they were just mediocre this year. Miami definitely took a step back. Uh, Wisconsin just did not do what everyone expected. Yeah, you know, and really with Wisconsin, my my big deal with them – those guys run the football. Mm-hmm. They, that's they play typical Big Ten football. Mm-hmm. They got the line. They got the running backs. They've even got the quarterback that's good enough to make a difference in a game like this. And really, with Miami, I just haven't seen a whole lot. Like yeah. at least with Wisconsin, there were some flashes of brilliance this year. What I will say, Mark Rick is solid. I think he's a good fit, and you you want your son to play for Mark Rick. Yes, you do. Um, so for that, for Mark Rick, I'm picking Miami. And now we move on to the Music City Bowl in beautiful Ooh. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And this is actually one of my favorite games to watch at all that? bowl season. Why is that? Man, Purdue 
I've had to watch a lot of their games this year, and I say had to because my wife is a huge Purdue fan. Deep down, you've probably developed a little bit of fandom. I have. I, I have actually. I love their coach, Coach Brom. He coached at Western Kentucky, man. They averaged 70 points a game. Now, they gave up about 70 points a game, <laughs> but they scored it. Scored it, yeah. And with Purdue, he brought that same offense, and mm-hmm. he's got the athletes there. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. guys that Recruiting can, there is a little easier. It, it is. And, it, you know, he's got, got a guy. got them corn-fed guys, right? Darn right, man. And he's got this kid from Louisville that he signed. It was a surprise by everybody. His name's Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. Freshman All-American this year. Mm-hmm. First team AP All-American. Mm-hmm. Kid is Mr. Everything. Kickoffs, punts, mm-hmm. receiving, rushing. And quite honestly, after watching Auburn this year, I'm an SEC fan. My, my team's in the SEC. Auburn just cannot compete with them. Like they, they don't have the guys that can stop more. I'm uh, drawing a blank. Auburn's head coach, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. He's a pretty solid coach now. And I, honestly, I think he's on the hot seat. You I think. I, I, think, um, I think. Well, he and is. you know that in Auburn or Alabama or any major program, if you're not, um, if you're not New Year's Day bowl or you're not in that playoff, it's tough. The SEC is tough. It's yeah. tough to coach there. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to lead with uh, Purdue. Um, no particular reason. I think Auburn is average. I think Purdue is average as well, but I think they may have the competitive edge. Yeah. I think so many people are going to underestimate them in this. And Mike Brom's such a motivator. Mm-hmm. I think it'll kind of lead into more having a breakout game. So the people that haven't heard of him, you're going to hear about him this year. The Alamo Bowl. We have Washington State and Iowa State. I'll tell you what. I do not like Iowa State. Mm-hmm. They put the first blemish on West Virginia's record. But um, Mike Leach, man, he, he's a wildfire. He's crazy. You know, I, did he lock that kid in the building? I don't know. What what happened? What really happened, right? Is he the Bob Knight of college football? Who knows? I'll tell you one thing. That guy can coach football. Yes, he can. And they can throw the rock around the field. Oh, yes. Um, so I'm going to lean with Washington State just because of the offense. Now, if Iowa State can control tempo, run the ball, They'll have success. I'm going Washington State, and I'm going big. I'm going blowout. See, I'm kind of leaning the same way you are, but I think he's kind of got an upper hand on Iowa State because Iowa State has looked the same way since I was a kid watching Mike Leach when he was on the sideline at Texas Tech with Michael Crabtree, <laughs> even Cliff Kingsbury yep. and that crew. He he knows what Iowa State is because anybody that's watched him, they yep. know what they're going to do. Absolutely, yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. Um. This Peach Bowl, man, um, underachievers, is that fair? I think so, man. Or maybe maybe Michigan underachieved and Florida overachieved. See, I don't even think Florida really overachieved. I think Florida just, they played like a typical Florida team, team? like from the last 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, since Tebow, what have they been? Exactly. And, um, you know, even since Urban Meyer left, man, they haven't done jack squat. Yeah. Like, and I hate to say that. Cause, it's true. But it's reality. But Michigan's kind of in the same boat. Yeah, you know, Michigan, and like you mentioned earlier, Harbaugh has trouble winning big games. Yeah. Um, and for that, you know what? I'm going to give it to Harbaugh. Harbaugh's going to break it. He's going to win. Michigan wins. See, I just can't get over the fact that he's won maybe one bowl game in his whole college coaching career. Mm-hmm. And he's going up against a Florida team that has a really good quarterback. And surprisingly, he's a good coach. That, that, yeah, that yeah, coach, he's solid. He knows what he's doing. Dan Mullen, you know, I got to give it to him. He won at Mississippi State. There's not many coaches that have done that. And now he goes to Florida, has a hot better recruiting. I like it. And then we got the Belk Bowl. I'm biased. Uh, you admit it. It's okay. Yeah, I, I'm biased. And, you know, when it comes to South Carolina, I always 
lead with my heart and not my head. Mm-hmm. But I, against Virginia, I think against South Carolina's defense, Virginia's going to score. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Because Jake Bentley, Jake Bentley dropped over 500 yards on Clemson. And everybody wants to hype up Clemson. If Clemson's as good as advertised and he dropped 500 yards on, what do you think is wrong? What do you think exactly? <laughs> He's going to do to VVA. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you, what's he going to do against UVA? And UVA gave up a crap ton to everybody except for BT, and that was a tight ball game. Um, I give UVA credit. They're not supposed to be here. Everyone expects South Carolina to win six to eight games every year. Yeah. You're going to be bowl eligible. Nobody yeah. – UVA – they're a tennis school, you know. They're a racquetball or a and occasionally baseball, baseball basketball. Right. Um, I give them credit. No knock on you. I'm picking UVA, um, just because I feel like they deserve it. Yeah. Seven wins is a big deal for them. That's okay. It's okay. I understand. Uh, we're gonna skip the playoff. We're gonna come back to the playoffs. So we're looking at this. Uh, the other military bowl. We got VT and Cincinnati. The only reason why we're covering this VT game is because uh, we have a lot of friends that root for them. And, um, you know, we went to a small college in southern West Virginia, and it was Hokie Nation. I mean, we were 45 minutes away from Blacksburg. Yes. We were almost four and a half hours away from Morgantown. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so you got Virginia Tech, bad year. Started out with a lot of hype. Didn't live up to it. Cincinnati, didn't watch a lot of Cincinnati. I know they played solid. They, uh, they had one national nationally televised game against... UCF. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the UCF's undefeated, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, you know how that went. Yeah. Ah, uh, man, I'm going Virginia Tech just because of their program, their tradition, and their players. They just have better recruits. See, I, I as much as I want to pick VT, it's just really hard for me to cheer for what looks like a turkey. Like, I, I agree. I mean, unless it's Thanksgiving, it's really hard for me to pull mm-hmm. for something like mm-hmm. that. And a Bearcat. Beats, like it. beats a turkey any day of the week. Well, our head coach came from where? Uh, Cincinnati. Bob Huggins, Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Uh, then we got the Sun Bowl, and that's got two actually pretty decent teams with similar. a lot of history. Very similar, too, I think. Yeah, I mean, Stanford's one of those teams, and they got a darn good head coach. That Stanford Shaw. is consistent. Yes. That's, you know what to expect. Now, they may get a 10 or 12 win season, mm-hmm. but you're going to see eight or nine wins pretty, pretty regular. And then we got a Pitt team. Overachieved, yeah, way overachieved. But they also played in the ACC, and a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of these ACC teams did overachieve. They did, and I think, uh, as we've mentioned, they're a product of their environment. Yeah. The ACC is down, so these mid-level, bottom-tier teams did well because the ACC is down. Florida State, where are they at? You know, they're not even in a bowl game. And, and you know, I'm sitting here looking at this game, and you know, we can sit here and look at the history of things, but I feel like it's going to come down to coaching. And David Shaw, does, I mean, he does such a great job of developing kids mm-hmm. and putting them in a chance to succeed. And I just got to lean with him. And plus, he's got a really good track record in the Sun Bowl. I'm going to roll with you, man. I agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on to this Holiday Bowl. We have Utah and Northwestern. Um, Northwestern is like the feel-good story of this decade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know they had uh, – one of their players was outspoken with um, the players' union and um, trying to get the athletes paid and whatnot. And I don't care how you feel about that. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Northwestern is not a sport school. Northwestern should be in the Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where the lawyers and the journalists come from, not, not the NFL players. No, man. But you know what? Utah, I know they're solid. They were right there in the Pac-12 throughout. Um I'm picking Northwestern. Yeah, I'm kind of rolling with you on this. Like, 
I've watched so much Big Ten football this year that it's ridiculous. And this is coming from an SEC guy. <laughs> like, Northwestern plays the game the right way. They don't turn the football over. Now, when they do turn the football over, it gets ugly. Oh, yeah. And it's happened a couple times mm-hmm. this year. They lost to Akron early on yeah, in the year. Turnovers. And, yeah, and in this game against Utah, I just don't see them turning it over. Yeah. Utah doesn't have that good of a defense. So we're going to go check out this Outback Bowl. Man, I'm, I'm all about some blooming Onions. So right. I, so you already know who I'm going to roll with. Well, I tell you what, man. I like some shrimp. I do. I'm a seafood dude. Um, but, you know, it's hard to replace. Bloomin' Onion is my – see, I'm going to go I'm gonna go for it. It's my number one appetizer. Yes. You name it a better appetizer than a Bloomin' Onion. You can. It yeah, just doesn't exist. My Cheese wife, fries, yeah. delicious. See, my wife, that's why we eat Mexican on about on a weekly basis. She yeah. loves chips and queso, but even when we go to Outback, we're all about some Bloomin' oh, Onion. Yeah. But, you know, here's the trick with that Bloomin' Onion. Got to get the ketchup. Yes. That's, that's the to. trick. You try, try it with ketchup and you'll agree. Exactly. So we're rolling with um, Mississippi State. Mississippi State on this one. And plus, I got to go with the SEC, man. They got yeah. it going. And speaking of the SEC, yeah. they've got a huge matchup in the Citrus Bowl. They got We got Penn State Wait, no, versus Kentucky. Now, you're telling me that Duke has a, a football team and then this other team down here, Kentucky. They have a football team. I know, man. I know it's it's kind of surprising, and they, they're pretty good. They are, man. That, that they run the football and they run it well. That mm-hmm. that Benny Snell kid, mm-hmm. man, he's got. I, they did a special on him, man. He's got this mouthpiece. Yeah. Anytime he's blowing by somebody, he's blowing into that thing. Does a little worse, whirl, like a car, yeah. like a cartoon. Yeah. And and I have a feeling against Penn State, they're going to be hearing a lot of that little whirl. Hmm. Penn, I like it. Penn State's linebacker, you, but Snell's that boy can run the football. You know what? Um. Penn State's quarterback, uh, drawing a blank on his name. Man, me too. It, it's just been one of those uh, years for Penn State. Trey I can't remember Mc, any of them. Uh, Trey McSwirly. Todd McSwirly. It's something, man. It's... All right, don't quote me on that and don't make fun of me for it. But, you know, if he's playing, they have a chance. Yeah. I'm going Penn State. And then that leads us into the All-State Sugar Bowl, one of the biggest bowl games in history, especially WVU history. I yeah. mean, you guys had a huge win against Georgia in that yeah, game. Yeah, we did. And, you know, I think um, Texas has great players, but their players are not on the same level as Georgia. On both sides of the ball, I think Georgia is in another class. That's no disrespect to Texas. Texas is a phenomenal program. But I think Georgia is just a step ahead. And and my take on this, man, Georgia, if this was an 18 playoff, heck, even a 16, they're playing – for a national title in the playoffs. Yeah. But because of the way the system is, you know, that's just the way it is right now. We're just lucky to even have playoffs. Mm-hmm. Georgia's outside looking in. I think they're going to be playing angry. And I think they're going to be playing highly angry. And that really stinks for Texas. It like, does. they're going to have defend- They're going to have defenders out there gunning for oh, NFL draft style. And I tell you what, man, those Georgia DBs are tough. Oh, man. That, they're that, in your face. They're bumping around. They don't need a safety over top. No, nah, man, that DeAndre Baker kid, he's going to be an All-American. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a stud. He's going mm-hmm. gonna to make an NFL franchise incredibly happy. Hopefully the Panthers or the Raiders are lucky enough to scoop him up. Let's check out this Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we had Clemson and Notre Dame. Um. Bro, the last time we had Notre Dame on national television, we sat there and watched Alabama put them in a coffin. Mm-hmm. It was sad it, um, for such a prestigious program. Yeah, and you know, 
no no disrespect to Notre Dame, man. The only reason they're even in this situation is because they're an independent. If they played in a conference, they wouldn't be there. No. I mean, if you put them in the ACC. The Clemson's there. Yeah, Clemson's yep. there. Notre Dame's out. Yep. And Michigan's in there. Yeah. I or mean, not Michigan. Um, Georgia's in G- there. Georgia. In, I mean, I mean that, that, there's an argument that could be made for several. Yeah. Um, for me, Dabo Sweeney, mm-hmm. that dude is college football. He's as college football as Nick Saban is, man. Um, I'm going Clemson. I'm going with the style of play, with the athletes, with the Venables. That defense, tough, man. Those guys he's got on that line. Mm-hmm. Clemson, Clemson, big. Clemson, big. See, I'm a South Carolina fan through and through. Picking that ugly team in orange pains me, but I have to. Uh, against Notre Dame, man, Notre, Notre Dame compared to Clemson. Not a comparison. Uh, no, nah, I mean, it, you look at the defensive side of the ball versus Notre Dame's offense, mm-hmm. it, they're going to get ate alive. It, Clemson's going to eat that that poor quarterback, man. He's, he's going to be running for his life. He is, mm-hmm. and, it, and it really stinks, but it's a reality. Mm-hmm. And then that leads us into the Orange Bowl. I think I'm going to have a surprise pick for you here. See, I, I, I have a feeling – that a lot of people are going to actually lean towards OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a feeling that's probably where you're going to be going with this. Mm-hmm. But Alabama, man, Nick Saban, it, and what I'll say about this, Jalen Hurts proved against Georgia yeah. that time off that he's had with two ahead of him, he actually learned how to throw the football. He did. i tell you this. No one questions Alabama, Alabama's ability to play defense. Which this year their offense is much improved. Yes, with Tua at the helm. Yeah. Now Hertz did come in and win him a game. Was that a gimmick or was that real life? I don't know. We didn't have enough. We didn't have enough there to really tell. Yeah. I'm gonna say this. Oklahoma will score on Alabama. I don't. If you that kid could win the national title in the hundred meter sprint, Oklahoma's quarterback. Yeah. Murray. Yeah. That kid is unbelievable. Yes. Right. Now. Where is he going? Baseball, football, who knows? You know, where where's the guaranteed signing bonus money? He's got six mil coming from the A's, but if he's a top ten pick, he's probably got about eight mil coming from an NFL team. That's beside the point. But I'm gonna go, you know, Alabama's gonna get after him, mm-hmm. but when he gets out the pocket, that's when he's the da- that's when he's dangerous. Yeah. So I'm going Oklahoma, close game against Alabama. Murray pulls out some heroics being the Heisman. I'm gonna go thirty five twenty eight. See? I'm kind of in that – I'm, I'm fearful. Yeah. Because Alabama's defense under Nick Saban has always struggled against the scrambler. Who beat them last time? Manziel. I mean, you got Manziel, you got Deshaun Watson. Watson. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Mobile quarterbacks. The they do. But the difference is I feel like Saban's not going to get beat a third time with that. i tell you this. You cannot coach or put anything similar to what they're able to do on the field. That's to true. prepare for it. You cannot prepare for it. The only preparation you have is live. That's true. And that's that's the hardest part. But get with an Alabama defense, you also got to remember, you're dealing with guys that are going to be... They're pros. Yeah. Yeah, they're pros. Every guy, even practice field guys or walk-ons, have an opportunity to be practice squad in the NFL, get a payday for playing football. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I'm going to Oklahoma 35-28. See, I'm going to lean with Alabama and... I'm going to say with you, it's going to be a close game. Yeah. I think it's going to catch a lot of people by surprise. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be Alabama 
I'm gonna say 38, and I'm gonna say OU 35, and it's gonna be a last second situation. I like it. I like it. You know what? That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my final matchup, it's gonna be Clemson and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. In my final matchup, it's gonna be Alabama versus Clemson. So for me, when I'm looking at Clemson and Oklahoma, Clemson has the scoring ability to match Oklahoma. Yes. The key in that game is Oklahoma's defense. I think Clemson's offense will score a lot more on Oklahoma's defense than Oklahoma's offense will on Clemson's defense. See, I think that Murray, Mm -hmm. because after watching South Carolina play Clemson, if Jake Bentley can put 500 yards up on Clemson, what do you think what Kyle, do you think Kyle Murray's going to do? I agree. Because, I agree. Because Clemson's weakness is in that secondary. Right. If you can get to their secondary, you got them. Yeah. So if you can just get your offensive line to protect your quarterback for at least four seconds. Well, and see, the thing is, even if they get after him, he can run. Where's that kid deadly at? Yeah. Right and, you know, I think Al- my matchup's Alabama and Clemson, and OU has the same advantage Alabama does. You protect the quarterback, you beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. Their secondary is weak. Mm-hmm. And then I look at this. Clemson's got a true freshman. They booted Kelly Bryant, who's taken them to the promised land. What? Ever since Watson left, I mean, he's literally brought them there. He's tough, man. And, and now he's But, gonna, you know, that's a very similar situation to what Alabama had. Yeah, it is. And the thing is, is that Bryant, Dabo, people can say what they want. I have a feeling, as much as this pains me to say, he did right by Bryant. Because Bryant played in enough games – that he could get some tape, they could, and now he can go to Mizzou as a red shirt. Yes. And now he can play the rest of his career at Mizzou without having to sit out a game. And what really stinks, that Lawrence kid, he's not better than Bryant. Sunshine! I know. Every time I watch that kid, that's all I think is remember the Titans, Ronnie Bass. <laughs> it, Lawrence just does not have that ability to keep up. In this game. And against an Alabama secondary and an Alabama and linebacker. That's going to be all over him. Yeah. I mean, and so we're going to see what that kid's made of. And who's to say that he doesn't take a loss like this, mm-hmm. bounce back, and take Clemson. To the promised land. Yeah. And I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. But he's got to survive this game yeah. first. And I just don't know if he's going to be able to. Yeah. Um, well, you have our bold predictions. A lot we agreed on, a lot we disagreed on. Um, all in all, it's been a blast. Uh, first time doing this podcast. Um, I think we both have big goals, but uh, if anything, we got it off the ground and we put our best effort into it and um, we had a good time. So subscribe, thumbs up, all that. Share, put us out there, guys. Yeah. Feel free to add us on any of the podcasts that you can. And you guys have a blessed week.